Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health podcast, your source of information and inspiration to promote the holistic transformation of your health and the health of our planet. And I am Dr. Benjamin, your host. And I'm Dr. Susanna, your co-host. And we're both naturopathic doctors who support individuals in reversing disease and reclaiming optimal health through whole food plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. So today we are tackling the topic of vitamin B12. We have covered a lot of things on this podcast, but we have yet to really dig in to vitamin B12, which, you know, is always a question for human beings, especially plant eaters. So we intend to share with you in this episode everything you need to know about vitamin B12, hopefully debunking some things that you thought were true um, and clarifying what you hadn't already known. So um, that's really our intention here. And uh, before we dive in, any announcements real quick? No. Not not no, so much. Not so much. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, we are recording this live in our plant-based and stress-free Facebook group. And the reason why we're talking about vitamin B12 is because that was a topic of interest voted on in a poll in the plant-based and stress-free Facebook group. So if you'd like to come into this community, it is certainly open and you're certainly welcome to join us. Just find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash alter health. So let's talk about vitamin B12. Where do we start, Dr. Susanna? Well, I think we should we should start by talking about where it comes from. Yeah. Because uh, I know one of the biggest arguments we hear from people when they are arguing against eating a plant-based diet is that, well, you can't get B12 from any plant food. So how can it be the best way of eating for humans? Right. I think that, you know, probably most people have heard this spiel before, but if you haven't or if it hasn't really clicked, yeah, I think we should get this out of the way real quick. Um, Just to clarify, yeah, where it does come from is uh, it comes from bacteria. It comes from bacteria, primarily derived um, soil-borne bacteria. And uh, these bacteria have an ability of producing vitamin B12 
And some digestive systems of some people under the right circumstances also have the capability of producing vitamin B12 if we have those bacteria present in our digestive tracts. Hopefully that makes sense. But the fact of the matter is, in the evolved techno-agricultural world that we have uh, created today, we are simply deficient globally. Um, you know, the planet is deficient in these vitamin B12 producing bacteria. The ecology of microbiota on planet Earth is very different today than it was even 10 years ago, let alone 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 100,000 years ago. So we know that uh, historically human beings were able to get vitamin B12 from eating dirt, essentially, or drinking dirty water, contaminated, so to speak, quote unquote, with these bacteria that produce vitamin B12. So that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, the animals eat the contaminated bacteria-laden food, and, the, and their guts create vitamin B12, uh, just like human beings' guts are able to. So we've kind of been under the misconception that while we humans have evolved into a more sterile, clean, bacteria-free world, we can rely upon animal products who are still quote-unquote kind of dirty or eating dirt um, to get that vitamin B12. But given the fact that, like I said, our planet is deficient in these B12-producing bacteria, actually the animals that we have supposedly relied upon for this vitamin are also deficient in vitamin B12. So what that means is that pretty much to my awareness, what I have learned Obviously, I'm not a farmer, I'm not a rancher, but what I have learned is that all animals that we source at the supermarket or farmer's market or where, wherever it may be, have been supplemented with vitamin B12 because they would be deficient otherwise. Right. Yeah. So you can either get your B12 from taking a supplement or you can get your B12 uh, by eating meat who has been supplemented by B12. Yeah. So this day and age, you know, that argument of, oh, but, you know, there's no plant food containing B12, that argument doesn't hold up anymore because the truth is now all of the animal sources of B12 um, are being supplemented as well. Right. So that's where vitamin B12 comes from. It comes from the soil. And uh, it does a lot of things in the human body. And it's a, it's a vitamin. And the, the, the word vitamin, I remember learning in biochemistry that it's a combination of vital and amine or something like mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. Uh, vital, of course, meaning that it's necessary for life. And amine, I think, means that it has a, a nitrogen-based compound in the molecular makeup of the compound. And all vitamins do. Mm -hmm. uh, so vitamin B12 uh, is definitely essential for human health. Should we talk about what it does or, or like why? What's next? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I at? mean, I think, <laughs> no, I, I was just looking at you to see where you wanted to go. Oh. Um, but you, this is a really important vitamin that, uh, you know, plant-based eaters do 
need to make sure that they're getting in. You know, there are a lot of vitamin B12 um, fortified foods on the market, things like cereals, you know, Cheerios or pastas, stuff plant, like that. I see plant milk, certainly nutritional yeast has mm -hmm. been kind of touted as a source of vitamin B12. Right. Even uh, some in some instances, fermented foods have been said to have some vitamin B12 in them. Exactly. Yes. But, you know, for those who are eating a whole food plant-based diet, you're probably not eating so much of these fortified foods. And it is important to supplement. And Dr. Benjamin and I aren't huge on supplementation, you know, for, uh, you know, other for non-essential or, you know, we, we have we, a whole podcast episode. We, have a, we do. And we the, the point is we try and get all of our vitamins, minerals and nutrients from real foods. But given the state of the world, things like vitamin B12 uh, become essential. And just the short list of other more or less essential vitamins are vitamin D, which we get from the sun, but we might not be exposed to the right latitude of sun. And then uh, minerals. minerals are one thing that uh, human beings tend to be deficient in once again due to the state of the planet. Um, not nothing wrong with the humans or nothing wrong with a plant-based diet, but just the state of the planet is uh, such that uh, we don't get as many minerals from our food as we once did. Yeah. So what happens to the body if we become deficient in vitamin B12? So the first thing that we look for clinically is in blood work, um, you know, and it's it's a re well, first of all, you know, maybe we should talk about vitamin B12 stored in the body. Mm -hmm. uh, vitamin B12 store is stored in the liver primarily, and we can have enough vitamin B12 to last us three or four years, um, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we can go without uh, supplementing or eating any vitamin B12 sources uh, for, for a period of time before we start to see symptoms. But the first symptom that we do see is on the blood panel and we specifically in the red blood cells, the red blood cells start to get bigger and um, we then start to get less abundant. And it, that, that phenomenon is known as megaloblastic anemia or large cell uh, large red blood cell anemia. And then the other interesting thing I remember from, you know, medical school is the hypernucleated red blood cells. Mm -hmm. the, what is it called? Yeah, the, the nucleus mm -hmm. of... Um... Hyperlobular. Yes. <laughs> Hyperlobular go. Uh, red blood cells where essentially because uh, vitamin B12... Neutrophils. Hyper, yeah, nu red blood... Neutrophils. Neutrophils, thank you. <laughs> Uh, because because the reason why this phenomenon happens in the cells is because vitamin B12 is an essential vitamin required for cellular um, division. So if we don't have enough vitamin B12, we simply don't divide our cells. Um, and we can f first see that in our red blood cells since the lifespan of a red blood cell is relatively short. Right. Yeah. So the symptoms that come along with that megaloblastic anemia are, are similar to yeah. the other anemias where, you know, if your red blood cells aren't able to carry oxygen efficiently throughout your body, you're going to feel fatigued, um, you know, maybe winded more easily walking upstairs. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fatigue thing associated with anemia, there's so many things that cause fatigue, right? So we, we also did a podcast around like mysterious fatigue and chronic fatigue. Um, for sure, we want to make sure that our blood cells are healthy and ab abundant. Um, but 
it's definitely, and, and that's an easy thing to look at considering that whenever we get our blood drawn, we're looking at our blood counts and, and what have you. So, so yeah, that's the first thing to consider when we are talking about a vitamin B12 deficiency, but what else does vitamin B12 do in the body? What else are we maybe at risk of if we don't uh, adequately supplement or get our vitamin B12? Yeah, well, a lot of things. Uh, but another common symptom that can come up are neuropathies. So maybe a sensation of, uh, you know, numbness or pins and needles uh, in your feet or in your fingers. That's a very common sign. Um, but really, you know, vitamin B12 deficiency can exacerbate or bring about other neurological issues as well. So it's a very important one for the neurological system. But when we think about it, you know, it's, it's essential for our mitochondrial health and functioning. Yeah. So if we are deficient in it, you know, our mitochondria are there, there are the organelles in every single cell in our body that are responsible for creating ATP, which is energy. And if we're not producing that ATP efficiently, we're going to, you know, see the consequences all, you know, in all sorts of areas because we need ATP for proper functioning of everything and for the healing, yeah. uh, you know, especially if we're supporting healing of chronic diseases, we need that healing energy. Right. You know, so we can think of that as kind of your vitality. So low vitamin B12 or deficient vitamin B12 is deficient vitality from the mitochondrial energy production standpoint. Also from the red blood cell standpoint, which we red blood cells, a lot of people um, don't really connect the dots that that's really just uh, the red blood cells is how we get oxygen to tissues. And oxygen is the ingredient used by the mitochondria to create energy. So we either have a deficiency of oxygen in the energy production equation or a deficiency of the energy production machine that um, that creates the energy. So mm -hmm. both of those things are obviously important when we're talking about energy, when we're talking about vitality, when we're talking about simply, like you said, Susanna, having that vit vital force to promote natural healing in the body. Right. Right. So, okay, let's now talk about supplementation because there, gosh, there's actually a lot of information out there on what's the best type of totally. B12. And how much. And Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, let's just kind of get out of the way how much. Um, what I typically recommend for an average person, plant-based eaters, an average person or just a human being. We're <laughs> human. All, in this regard, we're all pretty much the someone, same, right? Someone who is not deficient in vitamin B12 is what yeah. I meant to say. Okay. Is about 400 micrograms of uh, B12 a day. Mm -hmm. Some people like to take that uh, as one big dose once a week. That's me. I, I like to supplement with these kind of supplements uh, weekly. You know, I'll take the vitamin D and the vitamin B12 and a dropper full a week or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so not, that could you know. be like 2,500 um, a week would yeah. would cover the basis. But um, for me, I, I need to do things on a daily basis. Otherwise, I'll forget. So. Oh, see, I forget. <laughs> so then I make up for it every week. Sometimes, honestly, it's every two weeks. But remember, with, with vitamin B12 and, you know, on the topic vitamin D, uh, which is a fat-soluble vitamin, but they, these, these vitamins store in the body pretty well, unlike things like vitamin C, which we want to make sure we are replete 
each and every day. We can't just take a huge dose of something like vitamin C and expect for that to carry us into the week or month ahead. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, vitamin B12, what makes it uh, different than vitamin D is that if you take you know, high mega doses for a long period of time. Um, you know, there are some adverse effects that can happen from taking too much B12, but they're not, they're not, it's not as toxic as, you know, overdosing on vitamin yeah. D, which is a fat soluble vitamin. Vitamin B12 is a water soluble vitamin. So a lot of the excess will be um, excreted. Yeah. Uh, fluids in the body. So, so Susanna, you mentioned you, you recommend 400 micrograms per day, and there are all these different forms of vitamin B12. So do you want to cover what the forms are that are, you know, mainly yeah. used and mainly recommended for us to take? Because we know that there is the, the most common one is cyanocobalamin. Mm -hmm. um, hydroxycobalamin is the vitamin B12 that's most commonly injected in an intramuscular injection, those vitamin B12 shots, which maybe we'll have a chance to cover just briefly mm -hmm. as well. And then there's methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin. Yeah. Am I missing any other cobalamins? Those are the four. Okay. Yeah. And so we can start with the most commonly seen, uh, which is cyanocobalamin. That's the one that's typically added to fortified foods. It's also the most um, you know, common form you'll find in supplements, and it's the least expensive form. Yeah. And this is the only form that's really synthetic. Um, it is not you know, bioidentical. It's created with... Um, with with a uh, with so, so, uh, I don't know I'm what you're blanking. saying. I'm not well, going to fill you in creates, because I don't know. Because it's you know cobalamin is the cobalt, and right. then um, the cyano is the, the cyanide. Cy cyanide exactly. So oh, I, can, I can help you there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there's some people that say the cyanide it's a toxic agent. Um, you know, it could harm the body. But okay, it's but, not. But it's it's, but it's for, not in this context. No, not in this context. It's yeah. not. Yeah. So we can. But it, but that being said, it's not really the the form of you know cobalamin b12 that's used in the body right right yeah exactly so um you know when we compare these with the other forms the hydroxycobalamin um is it is a natural form it's typically found in you know uh, you know red meats and things like that um but it's what, you, you mean the bacteria we already covered this i know i know but what i'm saying <laughs> i'm what i'm saying is that okay so cyano is synthetic hydroxy methyl and adenosyl are all uh found in nature okay yeah yes <laughs> not well found in meats but found in those from those B12 producing bacteria. Yeah. And cyano and hydroxy are both inactive. So once you take them, they're then converted into the active forms of B12, which are methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin. And as I recall, the methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin simply have different functions in different parts of the body. Um, and, and they're both necessary. And they're both necessary. Yeah. And we can kind of like put B12 where it needs to be. Like we can, if we have cobalamin, we can methylate it and adenosylate it to kind of push that those processes as our body needs. We kind don't, of. Yeah, I, we don't, if and to put it another way, if we don't supplement with methylcobalamin or we don't supplement with adenosylcobalamin, our body will still be able to create those compounds to carry out those processes. 
but maybe not as efficient, efficiently and bioavailably and directly as if we just take the proper derivative of B12 to begin with. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, what what's important is, um, you know, a lot of people are now, you know, focusing on methyl, 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 yeah. methylcobalamin is methylcobalamin is the one to take in the last like 10 years or so since the methylation stuff and we're not going to get into this Suzanne asked and we're not going to get into the MTHFR stuff but the methylation stuff yeah yeah Yeah. but you know the interesting thing is that what studies have shown is that some people who take only methylcobalamin are not seeing the results in their symptom relief um, what symptoms? Mainly neuropathies, oh, okay. neurological oh. issues. Right, because the the adenosyl is kind of the neuro generative uh, vitamin B12. Right. Yeah. So really what the consensus is now is that uh, it's really best to take a supplement that has both methylcobalamin and adenosyl cobalamin combined. Yeah. I do know, um, you know, I'm sorry that um, you've got kind of the agenda as usual, but, and I'm coming in with thoughts, but I know that for some people, some of the time, uh, doing too much methylcobalamin can be uh, exacerbate uh, things like anxiety and insomnia and things like that. Yeah, that's that's, true. That's kind of the one one main risk of over-supplementation is the exacerbation of anxiety and, um, and kind of just feeling on edge and wired. Yeah. Um, I have heard, and I think I saw a study about acne and vitamin B12, how vitamin B12 high dose can cause or exacerbate acne outbreaks. Yeah. Um, I forget the mechanism of that. Uh, but what, anything else about over supplementation? No, no. I mean, that's pretty much it. And, and yeah, it, it, this topic, it gets so much more nitty gritty when you go into the whole, uh, genetic snips and, oh, we're you know, not, MTHFR not even, and we are CMT not even entertaining. Like we are not entertaining that. Yet. No, we're not. But so really, you know, we, we threw around a lot of big words of all these, you know, different forms of B12 and really, um, you know, what we typically suggest, um, I, I brought the product here. We like this one. We're not affiliated with it or anything, but it's called, uh, global health, no, sorry, Global Healing Center Vegan Safe B12, and it's a mixture of adenosyl and methylcobalamin. Yeah, and so, it's pretty high dose, so I just take a quarter of a dropper full every day. Really? And, that's yeah. that's a lot. Because I, um, I take like a half a dropper full a week. And we have this conversation at least like once a month or something. <laughs> like, am I taking enough? Are you taking too much? Um, it's well, not too much. Okay. Yeah. A quarter dropper full a week. Yeah. So I mean, or a little less than a quarter. Because a, I take like I a take dropper, like this much. So a dropper full is twenty five hundred micrograms. Mm-hmm. So a quarter dropper full is going to be a fourth of that, which is like six hundred and twenty five. Okay. It's micrograms. a little. It's a little bit more than four hundred. Yeah, yeah. So she's taking a little too much. But some days I just take a few drops too. Okay. So anyway, right. okay. So um, yeah, if that's kind of the concluding you know, practicality or practical remarks. Methyl and adenosyl, that's kind of the way to go with the vitamin B12 supplementation mm-hmm. to rev up your cells and that sort of thing. Just quickly, oh my gosh, I get, we almost didn't talk about the vitamin B12 injections, which are oftentimes touted as being a great 
energy booster, you know, pick me up, something like that. Um, quite frankly, you know, I'll just put it out there. Uh, I, I think that it's a total waste of money. Um, you know, it is obviously going to get a lot of vitamin B12 in your body. It's going to hopefully store in your liver like it's uh, supposed to. So maybe if you did uh, a vitamin B12 shot once a month, then that would be equivalent, you know, depending on the dose, of course, then that would theoretically be equivalent to just taking uh, a quarter dropper full or whatever of this every day. Um, but I think the cost benefit ratio of that isn't quite, um, I don't know. I mm -hmm. guess you, you'd be the judge. But of course, it also comes with a needle in your butt or your arm. Um, and, uh, and I think it's just kind of marketed as this thing that helps all human beings when in fact it won't really do anything more or better than taking this uh, once a week or every day yeah. or whatever. Right? I just want to clarify, uh, when we say microgram... It's different than milligram. It's yeah. different than milligram. Microgram is MCG, milligram is MG. So there's a big difference there. You, a thousand times difference. Yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't want to take 400 milligrams. That would be too much. Yeah, um, way, way too much. Yeah. That would be, be 400,000 micrograms, just to clarify. Yes. So, yeah, so vitamin B12 shots, which are generally hydroxycobalamin, they're also not really the preferred derivative of b12 that is utilized by your body you know for sure it's a popular thing it's everywhere it's easy it's not too expensive i mean you know it's it's more than a bottle of this stuff but it, you know sometimes they're really cheap there's the b12 happy hour or whatever it might be um but it's not going to get you anything more than a good high quality vitamin B12 supplement is going to get you. That's really the, the take home message there, right? Yeah. Cool. There's also some supplements that are methyl, adenosyl, and hydroxy, three forms, three of the natural forms combined. Those are also fine because yeah. the hydroxy, it does convert to the methyl and the adenosyl uh, much more easily actually than cyanocobalamin does. Yeah. yeah so. Cool. cool. We, we did it. We stayed focused on vitamin B12 and we covered hopefully everything that you wanted or needed to know or maybe things that you didn't even want to know. Um, but just to take home points once again, uh, all, all diets in the 21st century, in the year 2020, are going to be deficient in vitamin B12. And it's just a matter of if we're going to get that supplement, get that vitamin from a supplement ourselves. Uh, or we're going to use animal products as kind of the middleman to get vitamin B12 into our bodies. Um, so Along with all other all, sorts of Of course, toxins. of course. You know, the, the animal products carry their own um, factors and, and ri increased risk factors of all of the chronic diseases and whatnot. So we choose to uh, take the middleman out of the equation and uh, take a supplement. And also, we kind of glossed over it, but we get the question often, so I'll just reiterate it again. Things like nutritional yeast, fortified plant milks and cereals and these, things like that, we don't recommend that we rely upon these sources of vitamin D B12 for our health. Um, yeah, they might be there, um, but they're, they're not in the optimal quality for our body's bioavailability and utility of that vitamin. And also, it's not, it's not going to be 
really definitively known your dose. So you could be slowly developing a deficiency of vitamin B12 if you think, oh, I'm just going to sprinkle some nutritional yeast on my popcorn once a week and that'll cover it. Uh, we don't really know for sure. So we like to cover the bases with this this thing, the Vegan Safe B12 adenosylmethyl yeah. Yeah. And it 400 micrograms It doesn't have to be this brand. It doesn't have to be that brand. But this is one that we found that we like. Yeah, so that's all for you guys. And uh, we appreciate you for tuning in. Yeah. And uh, just a reminder, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast and if you got some benefit from listening uh, and you want to tune into the next one, Hit the subscribe button, leave a rating or a comment. We appreciate the feedback and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, bye for now.